you're listening to those trans guys podcast a podcast focused on everyday education and experiences about trans men Hey guys, and welcome back to a new episode of Those Trans Guys. I'm sorry that we were on a bit of a hiatus. Life got really busy, and we also did a collab with someone, which we'll be announcing really soon. So stay tuned for that. But we're here, and we're back, and hello. And I am joined again by my co-host, Aiden. Say hi, Aiden. Hey guys, how's it going? It's been too long, but we're finally back with another episode. Very stoked to be announcing our newest episode for our collab we did not too long ago. So like Peyton said, keep your eyes out for that. For sure. Yeah. Uh, We're really excited. So we'll be announcing it really soon. We've just kind of been waiting for the final details to be put together. And so anyways, how about you tell them about this week's topic and what we'll we'll be discussing? Mm -hmm. For sure. So this week we will be talking about toxic relationships and how to, I guess, get out of them or just fully realizing what you deserve as a person. Exactly. So this has been on our minds for a long time, and it was a topic that we kind of waited to do in a way because we kind of wanted to address other topics that were more pressing at the time. And I think we both agreed after being in them, it would really help. So after much kind of conversation and consideration, we decided to do it this week. We're also going to do it in two parts. So I'm not saying that we're dating experts by any means, but we both have come a long way since our situations with that. We wanted to wait for the good time to do this topic, and um, that's why we wanted to do it in two parts as well. So first one we're going to be sharing is our stories, and we really have had time to kind of share like more in depth about what we've been through and kind of the struggles and the ups and downs we've faced with it. And also with part two, we're going to be getting into more of the advice and things that we want you to kind of keep in mind. And like we said, we're not dating experts, but little things that we learned and maybe will help you out in in the end and little tips and tricks that we learned. So, um, and the growth we've made and what we feel now and and what we feel we deserve after going through all of that. No, you're right. This definitely needs to be a two-parter only because relationships don't just end up toxic. It takes time for them to evolve and for them to, I guess, you know, become toxic. So we really want to take you through where we were coming from and how we got to be in a better place. And, you know, finally realizing the situation we were in and just getting out. That stuff, you know, takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't wake up being in love with someone one day and then the next you're in a relationship you no longer want to be in. It all unfolds in time so we're gonna talk about that journey with you guys today are you ready i'm ready so get ready (laughs) now we're discussing the more recent relationships we've been in and the ones that we felt was the most toxic so for me as a trans guy this was my first and i'm gonna share it with you Mm -hmm. yeah i'm pretty stoked because i'm really trying to think back um on a couple that i've had but there is definitely one that I don't necessarily talk about because it, was, it wasn't it was good. And I guess you could say it was abusive. I And I don't like letting people know that was the kind of person I was. I mean, like, not that I was abusive, of course, but I let that person walk all over me for the longest time. And eventually it, you know, kept getting worse. So is there a specific person that comes to mind when you think of 
toxic relationships, Peyton? Yeah, there's one for sure. Uh, there's a couple over the years that weren't as toxic as this one. And th- this one I think will be an, a good example. That's why I wanted to share it with you. And it was the longest one I've had out of a few. But being like my first trans partner, it was one that brought up a lot of triggers, not even on the trans aspect part of it, and dating someone who was so-called cis and open-minded at the time. But also just in general, out of all the relationships I've had over the years, it was the worst. So I like I, I mean, I probably was blind at the beginning and, and it might have started slowly, but who knows? I was so in love with this person. So how was I to know? But I look back and I wish I had more to say and to stand up for myself, but I was silenced and I let it go on too far. And all in all, over the years, it was the one that was the worst and the most toxic. So a lot of red flags, comment situations and events that took place. And I'm learning, but also it made a lot of people's eyebrows, including Aiden's go, what? Like that happened? Really? Oh my God. So it's one that I really wanted to share. And I'm, I'm come to a good place now that I'm open and willing to share without feeling uncomfortable. So that's shows me that I've gotten over it. Mm-hmm. No, dude, exactly. I remember you being in a relationship with her and you were really, really happy. And then suddenly you weren't anymore. And that's the thing that kind of scares me about relationships because how does someone go from being so in love with you to not anymore? And I don't know, like feelings are kind of fucked up if you ask me. Pardon my language, but it's true. For sure. They are. Trust me. I, I say the same thing. They're, they're very much fucked. Even though you're the ones, like, they told you that you went through a lot, especially the one I know you're referring to. It it blew my mind. And for both of us, we that's what we both wanted to talk about, our most toxic ones. And they both blew each of our minds in their own ways, and they're not okay. So, Dude, exactly. Like, don't even get me started. But I guess... I'm going to get started because that's the whole point of this episode. So why don't you start off, Peyton? Because I feel like your story is a little bit longer to tell than mine. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I don't want to take the spotlight, of course, because I know his is also just as important as mine. But um, it is lengthy and I tried to make it as condensed into the point. So here it goes. Get your popcorn and get ready. Maybe a Kleenex if you want it to. <laughs> so it's dating back to 2016. I was about three months on T and I, I joined Bumble as a dating app, you know, and I kind of wanted to see what was out there. And I was new to being trans. Like I was still recently kind of out. I really wanted to move to where I am now in the big city. Um, so I was in a small town at the time, population of like two people, literally. And I sent my dating location to as far as where I am now. I didn't really put in my bio at the time because I was kind of just seeing what was out there. I was like brand new. I did later on, but at the time I was still recently kind of figuring out who I was looking for and all this stuff. So I matched with a few people and casually chatted and whatever. And I met with, I matched with this one who was my ex and I immediately was like, wow, she's totally my type. We matched, we hit it off, exchanged the numbers. We talked from music to cooking, to guitar and poetry, to whatever and whichever we wanted to talk about. It came up and we talked nonstop. We talked enough that it came to a point where we're going to meet for my birthday weekend. So I saved every penny. We talked on FaceTime, text, whatever. We wrote snail mail back and forth. And I thought it was, you know. (laughs) Sorry, that was too interrupting. But dude, that's like really, that's pretty cute. But also at the same time, it's breaking my heart. Because I'm sitting here like, you guys were so in love. And just like thinking back now, 
little do we know that shit is about to hit the fan. And that shit, I mean, that shit pretty much like starts going downhill from here on out. I mean, snail mail, that's pretty cute. And who does that? Like no one, but you guys did that. And moving forward, it's it's crazy to think about, well, I mean, like, obviously you're going to tell the story because you guys are going to, you know, your brains are going to be like, what the heck happened? But it it's just, yeah, I just wanted to jump in and, you know, say that it, it's pretty cute that you guys did that. And I'm stoked for you to continue with your story. So continue, Peyton. No worries. Yeah, it was cute for sure. And I saved a lot of those until I threw them out. But uh, moving on, she came to see me and she met my family, my friends. I showed her my hometown. It was great. We talked. It was so easy. I showed her around a little bit. It was like the best weekend I could have asked for. We shared our first I love you. She accepted me. Things seemed good. We decided to have me come back to visit her and where she was and meet all her friends and her people, so to say. So I flew to where she was. We sent a weekend away, went to the island. The group of friends were awesome. We went to this little cabin on the island. We had a really, really great time. They were so open to being trans, they had open arms, an accepting group of people from, a couple of them from the LGBT community. So not that this matters, I'm just saying, but she's half Chinese and her mom is fully Chinese and she wasn't really on board with me being trans, but she accepted it because it was her daughter and she saw that she was happy and she said, you know, you're dating someone who's trans, it isn't for me, but you do you. Her mom, of course, was a bit of a, a tough person to break and all of her friends agreed too. She wasn't easy to get to know her, whichever, but... I got to know her mom and her brother and, you know, we made many trips back and forth over the next few months until I later talked more in depth about where I wanted to move, you know, and start my life in the big city. But also for us too, because she really made it clear that she didn't want to do long distance and I didn't really either. And I, it kind of in a way, I've always wanted to live where I live, but this kind of gave me the ultimatum to move. So we were really happy and strong and, and I think this really had helped our relationship at the time. So with a lot of work and determination, I landed a temporary job at a Starbucks, you know, just to kind of get my feet on the ground and I moved to where I was. So I got a small room to start off, you know, paid rent until I saved up. And then we talked about the future, the kids, you know, I saw my life with her. So it was all kind of coming together. And meanwhile, we've been together for about, about a year at that time. And I knew she was the one. Later on, we kind of exchanged promise rings and things seemed serious and legit. So it was only after about a year when things took a turn, uh, I got my first place and we ended up bickering more. She would always say that I was wrong and she was right and that I would pick the fights, but she got under my skin so that we would fight. Um, we got, you know, cats together and all this stuff, which in the end, they're mine, of course, but she wanted to start this life and this family with me. She never really wanted to communicate. And I think that's how it all kind of started to take a turn. And it never really stopped. Like we never really communicated and it, it just got really bad after that. So she would say that it was my fault. And I think that was a narcissistic kind of trait coming out. We had a fight once where we went on, she went on Bumble and she wanted to see how many dates we would get or matches. And she wanted me to join it too. And I politely said, no, like that's twisted and weird. And she, I think, kept it in the background and she was so stoked to see, to show me like how many matches she was getting. So after a fight we had once, she had gone on a date with a guy and she said, oh, nothing happened. I just wanted to hurt you. And then she came back to my place and slept in my bed and told me that. What? And wait, 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 sorry, sorry, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, like, 
This is really fucked up. Wait, you're telling me she went on a date with someone after a fight that you guys had. Like, you guys weren't even broken up. It was just a minor fight. And she went on a date with someone. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, yeah. Dude, who the hell goes on a date with someone because you guys had a little fight? You guys, like, have to talk about it and work through it. Isn't that how adult relationships work? Like, what? I don't understand, dude. How did you put up with that? I know. That's, uh, it's sad. So, um, I ended up waking up in the morning after the date, not knowing that she'd been on the date. This was before she told me, but I saw it on her phone and I immediately felt sick to my stomach and I texted Aiden and I was like, what the F is happening right now? Like this happened. I saw it on her phone. I could open her phone and look at the Bumble matches and stuff. So in the morning she got up and I said, Oh, by the way, like, who's blah, blah, blah. And I said the name and her face fell and she didn't deny it. And I felt sick to my stomach. And that's when it all kind of happened where things took giant turns. So where'd you go? Yeah, it was uh, the start of toxicity, so to say. And I the thing, another thing I would say is that I would always say sorry. And I, I really shouldn't have said sorry because a lot of the time I wasn't always wrong. Uh, I was sorry for being myself, which I think is the most messed up thing I could have done because in the end, there's a lot of things that she was doing. She wasn't owning up for. She wasn't saying sorry. And it made me say sorry for things that I shouldn't have said sorry for. So it's almost like she forced me to say sorry. And I would say sometimes that, yeah, I was a little bit sensitive, but she would say that I was too sensitive when I was just expressing my feelings or, or communicating with her. And she never really wanted to hear it. She'd say it mattered, but she would silence me. And I think that that was gaslighting at its finest. She would do things like say, let's go for date nights or movies or go do this and that and never, ever, ever followed through. But then went out with her friends and did that thing, like go to Disneyland or go mini golfing or little things that I wanted to do. We never did it. She only did it when she wanted to do it. And then the other thing is that her friends were so great to me and they would ask like, where's Peyton? Like, is he going to come over? Is he going to hang out with us? She would lie and say, no, he's working or he's at home or he's tired, which was a complete lie because a lot of the time I was sitting at home and I, or I could have gone and done my own thing, but I was at home. So she'd always say that, she would come home and spend time with me, but I was sitting around waiting and I was always wanting to come out. I, I, they wanted me to come and she made up a lie. So she just didn't want me there. She would say that I would say things as weird or awkward or make her uncomfortable, but I was just being me. Like the other thing was holidays. Like I wasn't near my family. And so holidays are important to me. And if I couldn't get home, she would say, we would hang out. I'll make it up to you. Like, we'll come home and spend time with you on Christmas or whatever. But she'd spend her time with her family, and then I'd be alone at home. Oh, dude. Honestly, by the sound of it, she was more in love with the idea of you than actually being with you. Like, it, it's really shitty to say because you like you don't say that to your significant other. Like, you don't make promises like that and then not follow through, especially during a time that they know is important to you, and they know that you're away from your family. So I don't know, it it just doesn't really seem like she was that great of a girlfriend to you, and it's really shitty. Um, but like, at what point did you realize that this might like not end up the way that you thought it would? 
Well, honestly, it would, I think it would probably be when she would become more distant and probably when the little red flags popped up. And then also the little trans comments that would be little jabs at me. Those were kind of the most obvious thing to say that things wouldn't end up the way that we had expected or, or thought. Like, I thought it was just a little moment of ups and downs, but the more and more they came out, it was like, this is pretty obvious that it's not going to work out. So the trans comments were really quite painful. And I don't know if she did it on intentionally or if it was, I don't know, like, it's hard to say. I would hope that they were not intentional, but I think they were. So um, the worst thing that I had probably seen on top of that dating thing that she did was she left her bag here and I went to see if she left. I left my wallet in her bag because we had gone out and I was trying to see if it was in there. And I found a condom wrapped. And so I left it on the table and I went to bed and she knew because I left it on the table when she got home, she came right to me and said, Oh, I found it in the Ikea parking lot and I picked it up so that mom wouldn't see. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what? But then she also said that it was hiding in the back of her car seat from forever ago. So two stupid excuses. If you think what the hell? Okay. Okay. I'm just like imagining someone walking through the ikea parking lot and they see a condom on the ground first thing that pops into their head is oh look i'm gonna pick it up and put it inside my bag like what that's so funny <laughs> i know i know it's like garbage of all things and you pick it up and put it in your bag so your mom wouldn't see like would your mom even care if she saw it on the ground she would just walk right by it like this really made me reconsider things and so after those two excuses, not even just the first one, but the other one in her car, I'm like, okay, okay, that's not, that's not okay. And then I would say that the triggering thing, like I mentioned, is we got intimate a few times and she said once, it would be easier if you had a D. And other nights she would say, you're handsome, like, you're a man in my eyes and blah, 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 blah. But then she would say, like, I wish you were taller, I wish you had a D. And like, but then I don't want guys who are too tall and skinny and bony. So it's like, so what do you want? Like... Those Dude. things were very, very, very triggering. And if you say that to a trans person, I would, it wouldn't go over as well as I took it, but you should remember that if you're dating someone who's trans and you say you're open to it, have you not read about the things you don't say to trans people? Like, hello, you know? Dude, no, I feel you. Like, before she dated you, she at least should know what not to say and what to say to a trans person and that is on top of the list the one thing that you never ever say to anyone like even if you guys are like you know best friends or you know together for five to ten years that is something that you don't say because if you say that it kind of just shows how inconsiderate you are and it just shows that you pretty much lack all knowledge there is to lack when it comes to trans issues so it's yeah it's kind of blowing my mind that she did say that to you and she was quote-unquote in love with you for so long so I don't know it just doesn't add up to me and if you love someone you should love them entirely for who they are but I guess for her it was just you know conditional love oh yeah definitely and I yeah I can't even get into it but I still think about that comment and it, it hurt so much. Like I can't even tell you, like I wish in that moment I had said something, but I didn't. And like, what gives you the, the, 
I don't know, like what gives you that kind of say to say that to me? Like, I don't get it. So moving on, <laughs> uh, we like slowly the emotional abuse started to come up. The, the gaslighting, like I said, the narcissistic things popped up, the abuse emotionally, you know, and, and verbally, the belittling, the guilt trips, deflecting responsibility and the, and the power. Like those are things that came up the most. And the power thing was something that I've slowly had to kind of earn back over the years and my voice as well. And taking that power back because I felt so small and, and taken over and walked over. So I felt silenced and alone and anxious almost every single day. And I felt like she was already out of the relationship. I kept these little strings on me like a puppet, you know, and always was on her phone, even on dinner dates when I told her not to be. She never ever remembered when I asked her. And then she would have a stupid reason as to why she was on it. So, but then if I picked up my phone, she'd say, oh, pay attention to me, you know, things like that. So the wounds were so deep and she temporarily lived with me and made things like just so wrong, like took control of my place and made it a mess and like, so much stuff <laughs> she disrespected me a lot and, and put things back onto me and and said like she would pay rent but she never did and I didn't really understand that situation but I ended up saying please go home so she did in the end but the other thing that bugged me was family is so important to me and so even if my dad and I for example aren't super close but she kept saying like I didn't meet your family and I said well they wanted to meet you like they came to town to meet you and then you were late or couldn't come and purposely made up an excuse. So then they would say like, where is she? Like, we want to meet her. And I'm like, well, she, I told her that you were here. And so it was this whole big constant struggle of feeling that and then her pressure. And then I didn't get to meet her family and like her family wanted me to come for dinners and she never let me come or I don't know if it was her mom or what, but like they were saying like, we didn't get to meet your boyfriend yet. And it's like, I know <laughs> that's how I feel too. So this is when things kind of got, towards the end of our relationship. So around Christmas of 2018, roughly, I flew home from seeing my family and I got in the car and she said, I need a break. I didn't even get a like a hi, how was your Christmas or anything. It was like, I need a break. So I tried to talk to her about it, but I think she was done and I could tell. So a few days later, she came over and said, I need to work on myself. And so I believe that, of course, like she made it pretty clear. In less than 48 hours, you know, we were making out on the couch and it was confusing me to hell. Like, she made out with me on New Year's. She left her friend's party to come and make out with me on New Year's. Like, okay, weird. <laughs> you know? What then the hell? It was, yeah. And then she said it was like the only way to ease out of a relationship was to slowly kind of like see each other out as, as we kind of ended the relationship. And she spent time with me and stuff. And it was very confusing. And she said, maybe one day we can reconnect again. But then I saw later she posted that she was processing the breakup and some poet poem she wrote or something. And it was like, how do you fall out of love with someone when you wanted to be with them one day and they're the one or whatever. And I think like she was clearly out of it for a long time, but then really just was playing with my heart. So she wanted to meet me a few months later for coffee and tell me that, you know, it wasn't anything bad, but she met someone else and they were dating. She tried to contact me after that, but I had moved on. It was way too much for me. And I, I cut the ties. But the funny thing about this guy is that he has the same shirt as me and he likes flamingos and it, it makes me laugh because I'm like, wow, so funny, you know, <laughs> so was meeting other people while keeping me on the edge to like ease out. So oh, yeah, man, dude, I'm like feeling your pain right now. And like, 
it definitely sounds like she it sounds like she didn't want to be alone so she just kept stringing you along while in the meantime trying to find someone else to fill that void instead of it being you um and i guess you know her telling you that she needed to time for herself is pretty much just an excuse because clearly she found someone not too long shortly after and it's just it's just bullshit because she's not being straight with you and she should at least like especially if you guys have been in a relationship for you know over three years it's something that she should at least be honest about and tell you like front like full on like if she lost feelings for you or like you know, if she likes fell on someone else, I don't know, whatever it is. You know, she should at least fully be able to, you know, communicate that with you, not string you along and come over to your house on New Year's Eve and make out with you. Like, that's so confusing. Who does that? It It's just all of these, like, really weird situations that she keeps putting you in. And I don't know, I... Because, like, I would absolutely not see a future with this person if they did any of the stuff that your ex did, and you definitely put up with it long enough, and you were so miserable, dude, I remember. But I know, like, you know, if you love someone, or if you're in love with someone, whatever it may be, like, well, there obviously is a big difference between the two, but it it's just like, you know, if you have love for that person, it's definitely a hard to let go even if the situation is causing you so much angst and pain which clearly it did to a certain extent and yeah i like i understand why it was hard for you to let go and i know most people don't because they're just gonna be like oh like why can't you just have left sooner right like you're putting yourself in that situation and you're just causing yourself all of that pain but little do they know like the whole backstory behind it and like where you're coming from and at what point you guys were you know so happily in love with one another and you just want to get back to that you know but sometimes the relationship is just so far gone that you can't like even if you guys do love each other you can't just go back to the way that things were because you guys just aren't good for each other unfortunately so I don't know, like, I, I can see where you're coming from, definitely. That's what I, but that's what I'm trying to say. No, for sure. I, yeah, like, you've, you've seen me through it, and I think a few other people, but the ones who kept telling me, like, they were getting frustrated with me, like, because they're easier to be like, hey, like, I'm done, that's it. I, like, I'm just a nice person, and so I kept trying and believing it would get better, and, like, I fell so madly in love with this person, even though they did all this, and they'd be hot and cold, and I think that's why I, it took me so long to get out, too. And then the other thing was she wanted to try and change, so to say, or work on things, but she never did. And I, I always tried, you know, not saying that I was perfect too, but I at least tried. And I tried to tell her things that mattered to me, but it would be over her head in a second. And then the more she got into my head, that's why the wounds went so deep. And then, of course, the excuses, and I always fell for it. And I was always let down, and there was just so much, you know. And the one time later on, my landlord told me that he had seen her in my place with someone else when I was out of town, like she was taking care of the cats. And that threw me through a big loophole because it's after we broke up, but he didn't want to say anything till like, you know, to make it worse between us, but it just shows me that it was so good that it ended. <laughs> so 
there was just so many events and situations and I'm trying to remember them all, but these were some that stuck to me the most. And I think that they'll help someone out there, you know, and that's why I wanted to share it. And now I'm in a place where I'm over it. I'm happy. I don't care what happens between us. Like I'm neutral now and I'm hoping that she's happy, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying I was always perfect, but the wounds and actions really affected me and I've come a really long way. And I know Aiden knows that, but just know that I've got over it. I just wanted to share my story. So. Mm -hmm. No, thank you for sharing with everyone, dude. I'm sure that we all got insights from your relationship and we all know toxicity when we see it. So this was definitely no different. Exactly. So thanks for hearing me. I know that you know about it all, but for the rest of the people too, and everyone who listened, I appreciate it. And I thank you. And I appreciate everyone letting me be so raw and open. And I've come a long way. I've seen a therapist and I'm really, really happy. And I got over it a long time ago. So anyways, we're going to move on to Aiden and I'm excited to hear his story. And I appreciate everything, all your support and your friendship and everything else. So now it's your go. Take your time. <laughs> all right, dude. So this is going to be... Okay, this is going to be a little bit difficult because I'm not exactly sure where to start because it's kind of a long story. And mm, okay, so there there was this like one ex of mine who I dated back in 2019, I want to say. And I met her on Tinder, actually. I guess it wasn't really, like, I wasn't looking for a relationship at the time. But you know what they say, how relationships happen when you're not looking for them. And I guess that was my case. Because I met this one girl who was super nice, open to me being trans. And we clicked right away. And like Peyton said, you know, when you first meet someone, you get really, really excited. Well, that was pretty much how I was feeling every day. And I'm not usually that kind of person to, you know, be that happy every single day. And it it was just like different. I couldn't really put my finger on why, but I was just happy being, you know, myself and talking to her. And it was just, you know, all of these things, it seemed like was slowly coming together because I... I Prior to that, I wasn't really in a relationship, and I haven't really been in a relationship for maybe, like, I think two years prior to this. So I was single for quite some time, and I was okay with being single. So, yeah, it, it definitely took a while for me to realize that I guess maybe I could be in a relationship with this girl. So um, I wanted to be, you know... A genuine and real relationship. I didn't want it to be something where I was just getting into it for the sake of getting into it. But I don't know, like moving forward at the time, I guess it was kind of difficult to put that thought process together. So I wasn't really fully aware of it at the time. So anyway, um, okay, what was I saying? Okay, it was like this giddy feeling that I get whenever I was with you know, talking to her or with her. And I, like, I couldn't stop thinking about this person. So being myself, I'm very, like, obsessive. So whenever I like someone, I, you know, really, really like them to the point where I kind of, you know, you know, um, like, not smother them, but I guess I show them that I, you know, like them. And over time, 
we started like video chatting and doing all of these things and it was like oh wow this person is actually like really cool so maybe I could be in a relationship with them but me not right now because I don't want to rush into things because I'm the kind of person who also tends to you know get into situations that I later regret and I didn't want that to be the case so I took it slow and it was going really well like very smoothly and I thought, okay, maybe I actually could be with them like long term. Let's give it some time first. So, well, I was gonna say like I remember it was like it, it seemed so genuine and real, and you seemed so happy, and it, it seemed like she was so good for you, and you talked always so highly about that. And between the two of us, we always were there for each other when we started a new relationship and whatever. And you always told me about it, and. That was a real test was the first date, you know, and I, I think when you're going to get to it, like, you just seemed so happy and content. And I remember everything you said. So, Dude, yeah, like looking back now, it's crazy because like we went on our first date and we spent seven hours together. Like what kind of, <laughs> who does that? Like whenever people go on dates, they usually see each other for like maybe three hours max. And if it goes over, then it's kind of like, okay, we're spending too much time together. We have to take it slow now because we're just, you know, starting off. Like, what the heck is going on? But, yeah, we spent, like, seven hours together. And I didn't even feel like it was seven hours. It felt really short. And that was when I knew, like, okay, I really like spending time with this person. Maybe I can actually, you know, date this person. But it's, like, dating someone and liking them as a person is completely different. And I wish I had known that. In the beginning but we will get into that a little bit later on um but now prior to the relationship like i said i was in a friends with benefits situation which didn't really end too well but i wasn't really looking for anything to begin with anyway and then you know meeting my ex happened and it's kind of funny because talking about it now i'm trying really hard to remember the good times when there really wasn't that many, you know? Yeah, I totally get it. Like there, like I said too, like there wasn't many good times I can remember either. And it's really hard when you can't remember those good times. It kind of shows you that it was really, really toxic and not healthy for you. Because mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship with someone, it should at least show that you had some sort of good time, right? But if the bad times overcome the good times that is when, you know, you got to take a step back and really look at the bigger picture. And that was, I guess, like what I did because I was happy in the beginning. And, but then I wasn't really like happy in the middle or the end. And obviously you're not supposed to be happy when things come to an end, but this is a little bit different. I'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, So anyways, it started off great, right? Like all of these things. She met my friends. We spent hours together out of the day. I meant like we did literally everything together. Um, we would go grocery shopping together. We would hang out with my friends together. We would hang out with her friends together. We would go to the park. We would, you know, literally like she pretty much lived at my house for majority of the time and it reached the point where I felt a little bit suffocated and I would like have to ask for her permission whenever I wanted to hang out with my friends like it reached 
that point. And if I didn't invite her, she would basically start a fight with me when there was really nothing to fight about to begin with. And that started to make me wonder and think, is this the kind of person I want to be with? And she just started like gaslighting me a couple years into the relationship. And it makes me actually, oh, a couple months, sorry, not, not years. And it made me actually believe like that I was slowly going insane and it wasn't cool at all. Yeah, I think that was a red flag for you, for sure, number one. Um, because, like, who wouldn't want to let you have time with your friends outside of the relationship that's not healthy? And, like, you have to ask permission? Like, who are you? Like, is that, like, your mom or something? Like, you need that balance. <laughs> it's not who I can relate to. Like, we didn't have enough time together. She only wanted to be alone doing her own thing or with her friends and not with me. So asking permission is just, like, what? <laughs> dude right it was like she was my mom more than my girlfriend it was weird so yeah no i feel you number one red flag definitely you cannot be in any sort of healthy relationship where your partner tries to control what you're doing or who you are hanging out with but of course being me i just thought it was normal i mean i was 19 i didn't really know any better and i'm not even sure if i do now but looking back i wish i could have told myself to get the hell out sooner than later but it's hard, though. I mean, we both struggled. We're so happy and in love, and we can't just get out. I mean, sometimes it's easier said than done, but we're good guys, and we just we don't. And that's just how we are. We can't change it, right? So um, we just couldn't yeah. get out, you know? Dude, tell me about it. I guess, like, deep down, I knew something wasn't right, and it wasn't going to last. It's like that gut feeling, you know? And... I had this one friend who my ex was not particularly happy about, and she literally gave me the ultimatum of breaking up or staying friends with her. That's kind of funny thinking back now, because in no healthy relationship would those even be an option. And I bet some of you guys are thinking, okay, who is this girl and why does your ex want you not being friends with her? Because clearly there must be a reason. Okay, well, like, my ex constantly thought everyone wanted to be with me like even some of my guy friends she was hesitant about like who the fuck is that insecure and the remaining of her relationship was basically her constantly being sad and upset that I wasn't inviting her to things and me reassuring her that the people that I was hanging out with my friends there was nothing going on like that was how fucking crazy that relationship drove me it wasn't healthy at all and it reached the point where it was so draining mentally and physically. So I broke up with her. Well, good. I mean, you realize that it, like, it was too much for you. And it was so draining because you literally can't look at any other human without being like, oh my God, instant jealousy. And all you're doing is just looking at someone walk by. It's like, that's what we do as humans, you know? It's like, what? <laughs> you can't even breathe the same air as her, dude. Like, if you do, you're in for it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, and, like, also, I'm not sure if I'm in the wrong for this, so I'm gonna bring this up right now and let you guys, like, I guess, vote on this, whatever, but I kept some of my ex's love letters, and she forced me to burn them. Like, she gave me a lighter and an ultimatum. You either burn your ex's love letters, or I'm breaking up with you. And being me, this was my first love, okay, like, So I keep them hidden in my drawer. It's not like I pulled them out and showed them to her. She was looking through my shit 
and found them and then gave me the ultimatum. Like, is that wrong of me to do or was that, like, not cool of her? To this day, I still don't know. But that was one of those moments that made me really think none of my exes have ever, ever been, you know, this jealous of past letters that I have kept. And it's not like I'm screaming, I'm still in love with this person. Or, like, I want to be with them and I don't want to be with you. It's more for, like, sentimental memories. And I'm not sure if that really makes sense. Because 50 years on the road, whoever I may be, I want to look back and and be like, wow, I was 18. And I was crazy in love with this person. And that's crazy to think about. Because it's kind of nostalgic, really. And it's not like I still have love for this person. Maybe I do, but, like, it would be more of, like, a friend thing. So, I don't know, like, she basically forced me to burn those letters. And, you know, what, what do you think of the situation? Like, was I in the wrong, or was she completely okay to over, I mean, overreact, but, like, to, I guess, be freaked out about my letters? Yeah, it's almost like a test, too. And I don't think it's wrong of you to keep it. I mean it was a long-term relationship and you just kept them for sentimental reasons. So it's only a memory. It's, I mean, like everyone's different. And if people disagree, then fuck that. It's what you wanted to do. So I don't think you were wrong at all. I think it was her trying to manipulate you when she shouldn't have. Like, I think you'd, if it was the other way around, you'd try and be understanding of her reasons. So she should be understanding of your reasons. And like, especially giving you an ultimatum, that's just sick and twisted, like Mm -hmm. break up between them. It's like, what? Like, it's just a memory. It's not like you're confessing your love for them, like you said. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, exactly. And being me, I did burn them. And to this day, I very much wish that I hadn't because, like you said, it's a memory and it's nostalgic to, you know, think back and look at those memories. But I mean, you should feel bad at the same time because it's over and it happened and it was in the moment, but you should have just said, fuck it because it has no, she has no right to do that. And I know you felt pressured, but then she's not the person for you because she clearly is giving you an ultimatum of something that is the most ridiculous thing ever over something (laughs) so small. Like, you know, it makes no sense. So I don't think you should feel bad about it. I mean, even though you probably do because, you know, we both feel things, but I don't, I think that was just ridiculous. And I think going forward, if that happens again, you'll know now what you deserve and don't deserve. Yeah, dude. Like, moving forward, kids, whoever is listening to this, do not date someone who gives you ultimatums, okay? Date someone who will actually have an adult conversation with you and fully understand and see your side and, and, you know, be respectable of respectful of what you like how you feel you know and not being like oh i'm gonna break up with you if you don't do this like who the fuck does that are you like five bro i I don't understand but it's just funny because looking back now this is all gonna unfold very interestingly and i'm gonna get into that now so because of all those incidents and her throwing tantrums she was never the kind of person to really be violent so here's a scenario now i'm gonna put this into like a scene so you can see exactly how this all unfolds so i break up with this girl because she has been suffocating me and i feel like 
I I can't be in a relationship with this person any longer because I don't see a future with them. And that is a pretty good reason to break up with someone, I would say, if you don't see a future with them. Like, why would you be even in anything if you don't see that person with you long term, right? Like, I don't know. So I didn't want to be with this person for the rest of my rest of my life. And she wanted to be with me for the rest of her life. And I guess we weren't on the same page. So I broke up with her. And so she leaves my house crying. And obviously, we have this whole talk of why we're breaking up, why we're even like in the situation to begin with, where we did where we went wrong, you know, the whole thing that you guys go through when you break up to basically seek closure. So we did that and I was feeling pretty relieved because I know I no longer have to walk on eggshells all the time around her. And that was how I constantly felt. And like I said, it got so mentally draining. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember that night clearly and you were texting me through it all and I was so relieved for you, for I myself, because I didn't like her and she didn't like me for some reason. <laughs> I didn't really know why. I tried to be nice to her and then after that I was like, whatever. But she really put on a fake face. And I don't know if just around me, but it was like pretty obvious. I never did or said anything, but she hated me and it's like, all right then. Okay. Yeah, dude. She was the most fake person I've ever dated, not gonna lie. And I don't think she liked any of my friends because it took away it took away our precious time spent together and she wouldn't have it. So yeah, like you and I we hung out a lot which is, I think, why she didn't like you, because we were hanging out way too often, less than her and I were, you know, hanging out. And even, like, I see her every fucking day. So, obviously, if I hang out with you, it's not a big deal. But clearly, no, like, we can't have it, because if she's not there, oh my god, what are we going to do? Are we going to make out? Oh my god. Like, these are all things going through her head. Make, like, Keep in mind, she's not stable, okay? And we will get into this later on. So this is why when I was with her, I was MIA for the majority of the of like a year, a little bit over, because I never saw any of my friends. And when I did, she was always there. And over time, majority of my friends just grew to not like her. So I just never saw anyone, dude. But it's hard though, because I mean we both went through it, but we make time for them and we lost contact with people in our life. Not intentionally, but it's what happened because you're with you with the partner. You, you know, you do that. You make time for them too. But I think the balance is it has to be healthy. And I think we just want to give a lot to our relationship, so we sometimes forget that we should make a healthy balance. And it's not intentional. It wasn't to be negative or how do you say? Like it's not like we intentionally meant to or planned to. It just happens. Um, we try to be equal to people like both the partner and the friends, but it just happens. Like we just get caught up in the relationship, but now we know like we're making up for it now and we're not going to do that again going forward. So it wasn't intentionally to hurt or make anyone mad or not be friends anymore. It's just, that's what happened in the time. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, I finally grown to understand what the saying truly means. It goes something um, along the lines of like friends will always be around but your significant other might not and if you put your significant other first over your friends all the time and when they leave you'll pretty much have no one because your friends will all have been tired of your shit 
And I guess I learned it the hard way. And like you said, I'm now realizing what I've done in the past and choosing not to continue down that road in the future. But yeah, back to my little story. I had, like I said, I broken up with her and I was pretty relieved. So 15 minutes later, I hear a knocking on my door. Actually, no, more like um like a pounding on my door. If I could imitate it right now, it was like, it was like that, okay? That's how loud it was, if you heard it. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was so relieved that she left, so I didn't even think anything of it. So I opened the door, and there she is. This horrific figure standing before me, tears streaming down her face. The first thing she does is push me aside, enters the house, and looks me straight in the face and asks me, why I'm actually breaking up with her. And I told her because I just wanted to. Like, what do you mean? I already gave you the reason. We had a full 30-minute conversation as to why we were breaking up. What do you mean? You're, why are you asking me this again? So clearly, that was a rhetorical question. So I could tell that she was very upset. And the vibe I was getting wasn't like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm so heartbroken. Please help me. It was more like, I'm going to fucking kill you if you break up with me. It was like that vibe. And I had a feeling it wasn't going to end well, so I told her to please leave. But she wouldn't. And the next thing you know, her fist went straight for my face. And my glasses got knocked off my face. So pretty much she broke them. I had to get them repaired for a couple of hundred bucks the next day. But... I wasn't expecting that, so I was just standing there like, what just happened? And again, she punched me across the temple and pushed me against the wall until I fully realized what was going on. Because, keep this in mind, this was someone whom I was in a relationship for over a year, and she showed no tendencies of violence whatsoever, which is why I was really in shock. So... As a self-defense response, I pushed her against the wall and so she couldn't attack me and I pinned her down. So, you know, having an advantage and being stronger than her, she started crying because she thought I was going to hurt her. So again, she has this victim mentality that nothing can go wrong, even if, you know, she clearly, you know, does something to hurt the other person and another example is when i pinned her against the wall she threatened to call her dad to sue me so isn't that isn't that funny to think about looking back now it's funny but also like i'm sad again for you because i was texting you through it all and i was so shocked and sad for you that that happened i didn't not see it coming you know um, but it is funny at the same time because it's like, wow, you know, but I'm sorry that it happened too. Like it's, it's scary shit and it's sad. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm sad that we're talking about it again. Cause I know that it's, it was painful for you and it still is sometimes, but it is funny too at the same time. So I'm trying not to laugh too much, but it is funny. <laughs> so. No, dude, it, it's pretty funny looking back now, but like at the time it was pretty traumatizing, I would say. Um, but yeah, so she, like, after the whole situation happened, she left my house, my glasses were broken, I got them repaired the next day, no big deal, because, you know, glasses can be fixed, and money can be made back again, it's a matter of what she did, 
and it's the trauma that she inflicted and over something like so small too like someone breaking up with her what else can trigger her down the road actually no that's a funny story because um someone else had the same issue happen to them so this isn't the first time this has happened so please keep in mind if you're ever in an abusive relationship side note to you know speak up and don't be silent because chances are that person is going to do it again and in this case she did so yeah looking back now i'm i never saw it coming and since that happened i've been in one other relationship and that person i was with would never even think about laying and ha- laying a hand on me but i still constantly felt like whenever we got into any sort of argument she was going to physically assault me so we just kind of messed up because i'm bringing past trauma into my future relationships and i think definitely um if something like this happens and you still feel like anxious and scared moving forward you should definitely seek some professional help because it's going to help you in the future cuz you don't want to you know bring trauma into future relationships cuz it's not going to be good for you and the relationship is just going to fall apart so yeah i guess like my ex that one ex really did a toll on me but i'm happy that i moved forward and i'm happy that i'm out now and yeah to this day i am like i actually just recently talked to the guy that she um was in a relationship so her ex boyfriend because they broke up obviously after that happened and we are currently trying to figure out if we can you know in some way sue her or get a restraining order against her or something because she's going to clearly keep doing this and the other guy agrees as well so we're just going to figure out how to you know stop her from moving forward in you know and doing this to other people and inflicting trauma on those people so yeah i don't think it's okay that you know she did this but i definitely learned from the situation and now i know moving forward um toxic relationships when i see one so yeah i guess it was like a learning experience right for sure like to this day i'm still sad that it happened and it was scary honestly and it made my heart sink but um now we know going forward like you said so and you're like a really strong person and I'm I'm sorry that it happened and you never deserve that and I can't believe it still but I'm not going to let anyone do that to you again but I'm happy that you got out of it and that you moved on and one day it will get her again the karma will come and to know that there's someone else out there that related to it and had the same experience it's like she's not going to change like so we know that now and hopefully one day it'll come back and bite her in the butt and we're not experts we're not therapists we're not anything professional but we want you guys to get help and we're here to offer our insight our situations and our experiences and i hope that you can find the help that you need but we are here the best that we can be and i hope that what we've said is is helpful because you're not alone and and we don't want it to get bad for you either and we want you to stay safe so i just want to th- say thanks to Aiden for sharing all that and i really appreciate his courage to do that because he's told me and maybe a few other people but he's not one to publicly just say it. So I mean that's how we're a bit different. I shared some of my experiences with mine, but 
I, I appreciate him sharing his stuff and he's a strong guy and I'm, I'm sorry that you went through all that. Of course, dude. And thank you for sharing as well. Now that everyone has like a better understanding of her backstory, next week we can fully discuss how we found the courage to just, you know, get up and leave. Because these relationships that we were in aren't really quote-unquote short-term relationships. So how did they suddenly get so bad? That's the question. Because like I said earlier, this stuff, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And we really want to figure out where it all went wrong and how it all went wrong. So yeah, I guess we could talk about that next week. Yeah, for sure. And thanks again for sharing it. I know it's hard to share. So especially when you had a lot of deep wounds from the physical part of it. And I know that both of us had our own trauma and, and pain in our both ways, but it affected us both and both relatable, some not, you know, but each of us wanted to share our own situations about what happened and, and hopefully help someone out there. So. No, I agree, dude. So this is a longer podcast, but I really hope that we managed to help some of you out there. Cause I know at the time it, like the relationship that we were in felt like we couldn't leave and we wish that we got advice from people who were in similar situations as us as is that good grammar i don't know but um yeah we just wanted to find other people to relate to but yeah so this is kind of the reason why we decided to do this because we want to help someone out there so yeah thank you for listening yeah for sure and like we said we're going to talk about some more stuff next week about how we found the courage to leave and some little tricks and tips that we can help you with. So uh, we have a new email. You can email us at those trans guys podcast at gmail.com or we have an Instagram account, those trans guys. You can always send us comments, feedback, topics, that kind of thing, or any questions you have, you can send us an email there or the Instagram. And we really appreciate you listening and tuning in. And thanks for listening because it was long, but it, I hope it helped and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And also, don't forget to leave us leave us a review and give us a five star wherever you're listening to listening to us. See you guys next week. Thanks, guys.